lifted up. The first parish I was assigned to down in Phoenix was a retirement community. And I would ask people, how are you doing? And, and pretty quickly, uh, I would get a doctor's list uh, <laughs> of ailments. And I realized that this is what was on their mind. And as much as I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to ask about that because, you know, whatever. Finally, I would just ask people, hey, how's your health? <laughs> and everybody would just spill it out because that's, that's what's on people's minds. And that's what they want to talk about. And, and, and actually, there's something good about that, that if that's what's on their minds, if that's what's bothering them, then I actually was grateful that people would kind of put that out there, lift it up. Our bodies weren't meant to suffer. That in the beginning, when God created us, that, that because of original sin, that's when sin and suffering entered the world. But God didn't leave us in that place, but he sent us Jesus to redeem us, to put an end to suffering and death, and enter into that eternal life and joy he created us for. And so we experience the effects of sin. We experience suffering in our bodies. And actually, the suffering of our bodies is the very means of our redemption. That somehow, God wants to redeem all of us, not just our souls, but our bodies and souls. And we see that today with this celebration of Mary, that at the end of her earthly life, because Mary was preserved by God's grace, and she, didn't, she chose not to sin, well, if there's no sin, well, then she wouldn't need to experience the effects of sin, death. And so at the end of her earthly life, whether she closed her eyes or not, we're not sure. But at the end of her earthly life, God brought her to heaven, which is where all of our destination is. And Mary, the queen of heaven, as we, we hear this image even in Revelation 12 today, that Mary is in heaven continuing to labor and love us, to, to intercede for us, to encourage us, to, to fight for us. That's great. So we have, an we have an advocate, you know, and we have images to remind us of Mary praying for us, interceding for us. And so what does that mean for you and I? That this, this day, for me, always speaks to the meaning of our bodies. We, we know the meaning of our souls. We're made in the image and likeness of God. We have eternal souls. We will live forever. We want to live with God forever. But our bodies actually have a purpose. And, and I think, especially as I you know, work with a lot of college students here, right, that, that as we look around us, I don't know that everybody thinks the body has a purpose. You know, it, it's not just a canvas to paint. It's not um, uh, a something to put piercings in. Um, and there's, I'm not saying there's a morality to that, but it's not, it's not just for that. that. That our bodies are not just tools to attract love they're they're not something that we have to preserve at all costs as long as possible so that we can live as long as possible the thing i think i see the most with college students though is our bodies can become a source of resentment 
I'm not happy with the body that God gave me. I'm not happy with the struggles I experience in my body. I wish that it was different. But precisely there is the invitation that whatever we experience in our bodies, the answer is not to somehow squash or push down or ignore, but to actually lift up to the Lord. That God is the one who wants to redeem all of us. He wants to lift us up to heaven. But he who respects our freedom and choice will only lift up, will only redeem that which we bring him. So if you don't want to go to heaven, don't worry, you don't have to, you know? If, if you want to fight the battle yourself, like it's on your shoulders and you have to do it all and just fight harder, God says, go for it. And sometimes we have to fall pretty hard and realize, I can't do it that that suddenly cracks us open in humility and we become receptive, open to the other and help. I, I see this a little bit, uh, I, see it in, I see it in my own father a little bit. Um, some of you may know, my, my father's been struggling with dementia for five plus years or who knows how long. And and as I watch this, you know, people tell me that they hear that, they say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I say, it's been the best blessing for our family. Because I don't think my dad was really good at receiving love. You know, you try to help him. No, I got it. Leave me alone. I got it. Hey, dad, here's the answer. No, I know what I'm doing. Don't tell me. But now, somebody with dementia, somebody with a lot of brokenness, somebody who's been humbled by life, has no choice but to simply receive help. And I've seen his heart change, where now he is receptive. Hey, Dad, give me your hand. You know, you know maybe there's a little bit of, you know, he doesn't have a choice, but he's cooperating with it. Because all of us are called to become like children, right? To become childlike. What does that mean? It's to be receptive, to be totally dependent on another. And, and we in our, you know, U.S. pride, you know, American pride, like, no, no, I got it. I, I can do it myself. <clears throat> but what are we doing? We're actually closing ourselves off to the very people that God put in our life to help us. We're, we're, without realizing, we can close ourselves off to his grace. And so Mary is, exalt, is lifted up so high because she allowed God to do it. She placed herself completely in his hands. May it be done to me according to your word. And she gives us the Magnificat today that talks about how God, God lifts up the lowly and knocks down the prideful. And so even, even in... Just to continue, if you want to hear, my own father, like, there's something about it, too, that, that in his need, and it's hard to be needy, we all have needs, that it demands, it calls forth from the rest of us charity and patience and love and service. And people hate it, right? Like, oh, I hate that people have to serve me. But can we just accept it? And it's actually good for other people to give themselves away in service. 
And so I've noticed in my own heart this desire to love and to give and to serve. And, and what has it done? But it's, it's actually brought forth a community. And, and my mom, who's taking care of my dad, every day of the week she gets to hang out with one of her kids. Wouldn't that be nice? And it's like, wow, as hard as this is, this is incredible. It's beautiful. It's, it's leading to relationship. It's leading to community that you and I, you and I were never meant to be alone. We weren't meant to do it alone. That even Mary goes today to be with her cousin Elizabeth, to, to be with her in her pregnancy as Mary is, begins her pregnancy. That there's something meaningful, there's something strengthening by, by doing it in community. Am I, am I willing to let others help me? Even, even today, that Mary is, our, is a gift from God, that we, we're not meant to do it alone, that we have help from the saints and angels, but most of all, Mary, Mother of God. And so, what are we invited to do but to take whatever it is that we're experiencing in our bodies and to bring it to God? Like Romans 12 tells us, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. And so if I have a headache, it's God, God, I have a headache today, and this is terrible. I don't like this. Take my headache away. But not my will, your will be done. You know, Lord, I, I wish that I could spend an hour on my knees in prayer today, but I have a headache. And so that's what I offer you instead. We can look at God and say, God, I wish I was a 10 out of 10 today, but I'm like a 2 out of 10. And God says, that's okay, I know that. Will you give me that 2 out of 10? God, I was so impatient on the way to church today, I kind of lost my temper, and I was really annoyed. And God says, okay, will you bring that to me? What, you want that? He's like, how else will it be redeemed? How else will it be transformed into charity and patience? Here, come to me. Tell me all about it. That's our invitation, is to take whatever we're experiencing, whatever's happening in our body, and to offer it to God. Maybe, maybe, that's why, maybe that's why as we get older, our bodies weigh a little. I mean, well, they do weigh a little more. But, you know, like they, they weigh upon us a little bit more. That maybe it kind of forces us, it invites us to, to have more to bring to the Lord. And, and not that we just talk about that, but that the Lord wants to hear about everything. And that, Lord, I have this cross. Some of us here have cancer. We know people who've dealt with cancer. Some of us will have cancer. Some of us will probably have dementia. Lord, I trust you. And I ex receive and accept everything from you as grace and gift. And I offer it back to you. Knowing that somehow this is the means, embracing this and offering it back to you, is somehow the means by which I will also be body and soul in heaven. I was reflecting today to close that yesterday was the feast day of St. Maximilian Kolbe. And most of us know the story of Maximilian Kolbe that at the end of July in 1941, he was, you know, he was a priest, Catholic priest, and he was in Auschwitz, that a prisoner had escaped 
And so you know, the commandant or whatever lined up the prisoners and said, he called forth 10 prisoners that were to be executed as a signal to the rest to not escape anymore. And this one man, uh, Francis, you call him, um, he was called forth and he cried out, no, I have a wife and children. And uh, Father Maximilian Colby stepped forth and said, I will take his place. And, and the guy's like, the soldier's like, well, who are you? And he says, I'm a Catholic priest. And we know this story, we know it's true, because that man lived to be 93. <laughs> he, um, the man whose place Father Maximilian Colby took. And over the next two weeks, that, that Father Maximilian and nine other prisoners are put in this cell that you can visit in Auschwitz. And after two weeks, that they had all starved to death, except for Father Maximilian. And the other people in the camp said that they would hear singing from that cell. And when they came to the cell, the, there was an assistant janitor who reported as well that every time he went by the cell, that Father Maximilian was either on his knees or if they were entering the cell, he would stand very calmly in the middle of the cell. And when they came in after two weeks and they said, we're going to give you lethal injection, he simply presented his arm. That somehow this was the invitation from God that he had a choice. We don't always have a choice. But we have a choice as to whether we will embrace it. And know that as we offer it up for God's glory, that I don't try to run away from suffering as if I can somehow escape it. But instead, I simply accept it as an invitation from God, offered by his hand, not that he desires it, but part of his plan for my redemption, that he will give me grace and strength to endure whatever comes. And as I live it well and offer it back to him with all that I am, that it will be his grace and the offering of my body, soul, all of me, back to God, my lifting up of myself meets the lifting up of, of his hand, his grace, to take me to heaven.